If you're into science, but you need a break from the coronavirus, NPR Shortwave has your back. Whether we're talking about how scientists measure Mount Everest or spiders that hang out underwater, we promise you'll have fun and learn something. Subscribe to Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Stephen Thompson. Hello, Robin. It is New Music Friday, that day of the week when most new albums come out. On this episode, we're doing a quick run through the best releases out on February 5th, including a surprise album from Paramore's Haley Williams. But we start with Foo Fighters. Their latest is called Medicine at Midnight. Fighters, their new album is called Medicine at Midnight. The song is Shame, Shame. This is the band's 10th full-length album. They originally finished it around this time last year, but they've been sitting on it because of the pandemic. But now it's here, and Stephen, I think you can tell just with the song that we're featuring that the band is trying to push itself into some new territory. I think there's some more nuance to some of these songs. A lot of these songs, kind of like Shame Shame that we just heard, that have more texture to them. But at the same time, Dave Grohl and his band have lost absolutely nothing off their fastball. Uh, yeah. This album bursts out of the gate with a song called Making a Fire, and it is blistering. They're calling this album their party album, the band's party album. <laughs> but I honestly, I it felt a whole lot more inward looking to me than that. They do have big anthems that could fill a stadium, but they explore new sounds in this. You know, Making Fire, there's actually a little bit of gospel in that song, too, towards the end of that cut. They've added strings to some of these songs. They play around with polyrhythms and drum machines. Yeah, I think it makes sense that Dave Grohl, at this point in his career, would find ways to kind of mellow and diversify his sound. But I think he does it without losing any of the energy. Well, when a band has been around as long as they have and they're as big as they are, you know, it's pretty easy to just coast <laughs> at oh, this yeah. point. And I admit, I was expecting this record to be a bit samey. And mm -hmm. uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I really love the direction they're taking on this one. Foo Fighters, the album is Medicine at Midnight. And another favorite album out now on February 5th comes from Odette. It's called Harold. <laughs> Of all the tension between my eyes I lost my gaze clear and I knew how right I wasn't fitting you from my life Obligated, habituated, how I hated To be cooped up in my room 
the singer Odette. Her new album is called Herald, and the track we're hearing from it is called Trial by Fire. And Stephen, knowing that you picked her for your Austin 100 list a couple of years ago, I, of course, was just immediately skeptical going into this. <laughs> but what a, what a wonderful world of sound she's built on this album. Yeah, Odette is a singer-songwriter from Sydney, Australia, born in London. Her name's Georgia Odette Sallybanks, but she goes by her middle name. Uh, She was signed to a major label when she was 17, and now she is 23. And this album reflects that. This is an album about transition from adolescence to young adulthood, and also coming of age and dealing with mental illness and, and being accountable for mistakes that you've made in the process of growing up. And as you mentioned, there's this really rich sound world to it. She mixes R&B with folk and pop and little bits of kind of emotive spoken word poetry that can be really powerful. She is so young, but these don't feel like youthful, naive ruminations or whatever. You know, there's a wisdom to them. And despite it being one of your recommendations, it really is a wonderful record. (laughs) (laughs) The kind of record I thought, honestly, as I went through it, I thought, you know, you could listen to this album over and over and keep discovering new things to like in it. Absolutely. Odette is the artist. The record is called Harold. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thank you, Robin. All right, from the singer Odette, let's go next to the DJ and producer Black Coffee. His latest out today is called Subconsciously. The tax on the city walls, the color, the fight, ambition so tall, remind me of you. The frost in the morning, the steel birds in flight. The DJ and producer Black Coffee, his new record is called Subconsciously. The track we're hearing from it is called Wish You Were Here. And NPR music contributor Christina Lee here for this one. Hey, Christina. Hi, Robin. 
I have to admit, Black Coffee was totally new to me. And then I looked at this this new release and all the list of the collaborators on it. There's Pharrell and Usher, all these other big names. And it's immediately obvious that he's someone a lot of people want to work with. Black Coffee has been in the game for like a decade plus. He's essentially a household name in his native South Africa. He's also been part of this larger awakening in the in the Western music industry as people started to realize that African music was really starting to take over pop music. Yeah. Black Coffee was definitely part of that conversation. He remixed the song In Common by Alicia Keys, and he was also very notably featured in Get It Together, which was like a clear highlight from Drake's More Life in 2017. Well, I kept thinking while I was listening to it, um, and bear with me, I kept thinking dinner party music. Oh, sure. <laughs> and, and, and I don't mean that, you know, like as like wallpaper music or music you can ignore, but more like the kind of music th that can knit a group of people together in subtle ways. Does that does that make any sense, you know, bringing people together? You know what? I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Black Coffee has previously told Mixmag that he actually doesn't like producing music for clubs. He's more about producing music for home or for driving to work. And I think what subconsciously really showcases is like this sort of feather light touch that he gives to like Deep House. And He's not really trying to like command your attention per se, but with the way that he sort of builds textures and like sort of gently ramps up the music. Yeah, you are behaving sort of subconsciously to the music before you even realize what's happening. Right. I think that's his approach to music. Well, the perfect title from Black Coffee, the new record is called Subconsciously. Let's go to something completely different. Another one I know you're loving this week, Christina, from John Carpenter. It's called Lost Themes 3, Alive After Death. This is John Carpenter. His new album is called Lost Themes 3, Alive After Death, and this is the title cut to it, Alive After Death. He's, of course, a veteran filmmaker who has haunted my dreams <laughs> for many years, especially <laughs> when I was a kid. I can still remember seeing the trailer for the original Halloween movie, and that was enough for me to lose sleep for weeks. But he's also a musician, you know, and he's done the scores to almost all of his films. And now he's having what I think is just really fascinating late in his career move where he's just focusing on music. 
to me, John Carpenter is in a really interesting phase where after years, if not decades of being sort of like critically reviled or overlooked, I don't think he has one of those fancy statuettes to his name. Right. It's like modern music is starting to sound like John Carpenter's music. Like right? the right, the influence he's had on electronica music, not to mention all the times he's been sampled in hip hop makes him already by extension, a modern day artist, even while he's continuing to, I guess, sample from like the eighties kitsch that he's known for. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the thing that I thought while, while listening to this is that his sound hasn't really changed or evolved that much since what he was doing back in the eighties, you know, nearly 40 years ago now. But I was thinking that if I heard this in maybe the 90s or maybe early 2000s, it might have sounded a little dated. But we've just come so full circle with this analog synth sound, particularly, I think, because of the work that Michael Stein and Kyle Dixon of the band Survive did with the TV show Stranger Things. Yeah, absolutely. Even in times where he sort of indulges in his rock god fantasies and sounds mm -hmm. like a little bit more inspired by Metallica, he always kind of comes back to what I think is his core appeal nowadays, which is his ability to conjure up dread with as minimal electronica as possible. John Carpenter is the artist. His new one is called Lost Themes 3, Alive After Death. Thanks so much, Christina. Thanks for having me. From the horrorscape of John Carpenter, we go now to something, again, completely different, the gloriously beautiful sounds of the staves. The trio's new album out today is called Good Woman. If you know, then you know. This is The Staves. Their new album is called Good Woman, and this track we're hearing from it is called Careful Kid. And from WNXP NPR music contributor Julie Height, back again to talk about this one. Hey, Julie. Hey. So I'm looking over my notes here from listening to Good Woman, and I just wrote down one word, wowzers. <laughs> there are lots of reasons oh to my be gosh. impressed, yeah. <laughs> Their voices are just extraordinary together. It's so interesting because they sing together in a myriad different ways over the course of the album, you know? Sometimes yep. they let a single voice be out front and sometimes they spread into three-part harmony and sometimes they sing in unison. And I mean, on Careful Kid, they even run one of their vocals through distortion right at the beginning of it so it doesn't even have, you know, a natural sound to it at mm. all. Well, that's the thing about them. They're billed as a folk trio. Uh, the sisters Emily, Jessica, and Camilla Stavely-Taylor but man, this record is so much more more than that. They get kind of loud and gritty in places and also all these little curious little sounds that kind of burble underneath the mix. Yeah, they definitely use 
electronic and pop elements. I mean, those kinds of textures, not so much the propulsive kind of rhythmic side of pop. And on Good Woman, they brought in the outside voice of producer John Congleton. I mean, they've worked with Justin Vernon in the past, so they certainly have experience applying ethereal or experimental textures to the folk underpinnings. But I think that it really suits what they are exploring thematically on this album, too, because I find it really moving to hear three sisters address side by side with the sense of solidarity the themes that they're taking on, like questioning respectable middle class standards for propriety and femininity, you know? Mm -hmm. They make space for each other and almost kind of help soothe each other, you know, second each other in disappointment and distrust of romance and of things that maybe they found it easier to believe when they were younger. A beautiful and powerful record from The Staves. It's called Good Woman. Thanks so much, Julie. You are very welcome. We still have several more albums that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, including that surprise Haley Williams record. But first, we do need to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe explains the importance of creating a safe space for therapy. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients that say that expression, like, I've never told that to anybody. That's when I know I've made some kind of momentous move with this person. They feel safe enough to expose that part of themselves, and doing that together with somebody else can be very powerful. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com songs. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're looking at the best albums out now on February 5th. We start the second half of our show off with the band Editrix. Their new album is called Tell Me I'm Bad. This is Editrix, the band Editrix, and that's E-D-I-T-R-I-X. Their new one is called Tell Me I'm Bad. This is the title cut. And NPR Music's Marissa LaRusso redocks at the mothership to talk about this one. Hey, Marissa. (laughs) Hi, Robin. Happy to be here. Well, if you like your music fast and woozy and completely obliterated with just the loveliest voice and melodies sort of bobbing over it all, then this is the album for you. No kidding. So Wendy Eisenberg is that lovely voice and guitar player in this band. And they are like an extremely accomplished guitarist and they have made music in a bunch of different styles. They used to play in a punk band. They made like a singer-songwritery kind of record last year that I really loved. And then this band 
just rocks. You know, the band's bassist has played in a speed metal band and the drummer has played in a post-punk band. So you can totally just feel that like big, fast, loud rock energy on this record. Wendy said their goal with this band was to annihilate indie rock. I think that was mostly meant as a joke, but I think they nailed it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I I think they kind of nailed it too. I always love music that feels like it's about to completely spin apart, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, somehow holds together by its fingernails. And all the wild zigzagging that this record does, you know, where they'll they'll be locked in a jam or a riff and then it'll suddenly lurch into another direction. Mm-hmm. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And lyrically on this record, I feel like there's a lot of skewering of bad or kind of ethically compromised behavior. Like mm-hmm. the song Chelsea is about, quote unquote, trying to do good by participating in a political system that can feel super messed up to participate in in the first place. Or the song Torture is about images from the Iraq war. So like heavy subject matter. Yeah. But then there's also a song on this record called She Wants to Go and Party and another one called The History of Dance. And both of them are unhinged and weird and funny. So it's a good mix. Editrix is the band. Their new one is called Tell Me I'm Bad. And Marissa, let's do one more before you go. It's a surprise release, a big surprise release from Paramore's Haley Williams. It's called Flowers for Vases Descanos. Space and time Waking hours before I open my eyes In Morning, I feel my heart crack open. One last chorus. This is Haley Williams. Her new one is Flowers for Vases Desconos. The song that we're hearing from it is called Just a Lover. And as I said, it's a surprise release from Haley Williams. She began teasing fans late last month. So we knew that something was coming. And it turns out to be her second full-length album in less than a year. I think her last one, Petals for Armor, was only out about eight months ago. Right. And, you know, for years, as the lead singer of Paramore, Haley said she would never make a solo record. So now the fact that she's put out two solo records within a year, I think is surprising and kind of magnificent. And, you know, Petals for Armor, it sounded like a departure from Paramore. It had this sparkling, funky kind of electropop production. There were these big, dense layers of sound. And I think the album was very focused on healing, especially after Haley's marriage ended, and about embracing her identity as a woman, especially after spending so long in these male-dominated music scenes. This record, though, is super stripped down. She recorded it by herself at home. It's much more guitar and piano based. And I think you can really hear her voice on this record. And she just has such an incredible, beautiful, expressive voice. You know, a lot of this record lyrically feels to me to be about processing grief and healing and thinking about who you are and how you move through the world. And then as the record progresses, 
It seems like more focused on accepting and looking for love. And to me, those all feel like these very kind of solo internal processes. And so maybe that's why it feels especially apt for a time when we've all been stuck indoors and and many of us have been quite lonely. Yeah, they definitely feel like the ruminations of someone stuck at home with their thoughts. But also sonically, she has these moments on the record where everything's way off mic. You know, mm-hmm. where there's there's lots of incidental background noise, and it kind of adds a little layer of intimacy to it because it feels like you're right there with her. I want to play a quick snippet of a song called How You Doing? Are you fucking kidding me? With the jet flying over at the, you know, the worst possible moment when you're recording a song. We've all been there. It's so funny. No, totally. It feels like you're like getting to see her process. Haley Williams, a fantastic new record and a total surprise this week. Well, not a total surprise. I guess she teased that something was coming, but we didn't. <laughs> I, I was. I would have been happy with the song. But Same. We yeah, but we got a whole new record, Flowers for Vases, Descanos from Haley Williams. Thanks so much, Marissa. Thank you, Robin. And from Haley Williams, let's go next to Jay Dilla. It's the 20th anniversary of his debut solo album, Welcome to Detroit. This is Jay Dilla from the 20th anniversary edition of his debut solo album, Welcome to Detroit. The track we're hearing is called Think Twice and WXPN's John Morrison here to talk Jay Dilla and more. Hey, John. Hey, what's up, Robin? We have talked so much on this show over the years about how much Jay Dilla and his production, how much of an influence he has been not only on hip hop, but jazz and pop and so many other sonic worlds. When you listen to this debut solo record, I mean, how do you even begin to take stock of his impact on music? Yeah, it's really broad and deep. And um, Welcome to Detroit perfectly crystallizes his sound and that influence. Uh, Obviously, as you said, his music has influenced jazz musicians, play drums like Dilla now, you know, keyboard players tap into and take influence from the chord progressions that he wrote and the harmonics that he applied to the music. He he really, in addition to kind of creating his own signature sound, has created a sound that's really rich that a lot of different musicians can pull from. And Welcome to Detroit, you can really hear like the future of a lot of music in these tracks. We should maybe say something about what it was in his sound and style and production that's become so influential. You mentioned how drummers 
particularly in jazz groups, will try to imitate the beats he programmed. I know that rhythmically, you know, he had this way of making everything just sort of drag just behind the song. You know, the beats always kind of felt just a little off kilter. Yeah, he really, as a drum programmer, popularized the practice of programming drums in a more natural way without using the sequencer's quantized function. The quantized kind of locks the elements of the music into like a rhythmic grid. Dilla was one of the first people to not use quantize and or at least become popular for not using quantize and and it gave his rhythms a more natural almost lazy kind of feeling like a drummer falling behind the beat but he found a way to make it funky and and like a locked in groove kind of thing this 20th anniversary edition is of the album is really generous there's the original record plus instrumental only versions of all the songs then there's this third third disc that's a whole bunch of outtakes and alternate takes and demos. I want to play an acapella version of the song Give It Up that they include on this. Oh, shit thinks you see me in the leg so sick with the beat, dude. Oh. Talk shit and quick with the heat, too. John, John Wayne. Wayne couldn't even stand the rain of the tech and oh. the tech be like digging the deck. It's lethal, killing it for my people. And there's a whole bunch of other alternate mixes and alternate takes of songs on here that you can listen to. Um, And if you want to go really deep on the record, this anniversary edition also includes a nearly 70-page book that is all about how it came together and its legacy. From Jay Dilla, the album Welcome to Detroit, the 20th anniversary edition, out now on February 5th. And speaking of legacy, there's a new double album called Legacy Plus out now on February 5th. It's from Femi and Made Kuti. Double album Legacy Plus from Femi Kuti and Made Kuti. The song we're hearing from it is As We Struggle Every Day. This is actually two records that they're releasing as a single package called Legacy Plus. Femi Kuti's contribution, his album is called Stop the Hate. Made's is called Forward. And this is their first project together like this. Yeah, this is really interesting and like a pleasant surprise. I wasn't super familiar with Made Kuti's work. But Femi Kuti obviously has continued on the legacy of the music that his father established back in the 70s. And a lot of the music on Stop the Hate has that classic Afrobeat sound that his father pioneered. A lot of the rhythms are really hot and complex. There's these big brass arrangements. And of course, the music has this piercing political commentary throughout. And contrasting with that, Mari's record is 
a bit more modern sounding. He's a multi-instrumentalist and it's a really diverse collection of songs and it all just sounds like really modern and cutting edge. We heard the song As We Struggle Every Day, which was one of Femi Kuti's songs. Let's hear one of Made's. It's called Him. And this is three generations of musicians coming together on this, because Femi Kuti is the son of the late Nigerian artist Fela Kuti. Mata Kuti is Femi's son, Fela Kuti's grandson. Yeah, as, as I was listening to both of these records, it had me thinking about this relationship between Fela Kuti and the music of uh, Black America and Fela's experience coming to America in the 60s and engaging with the Black Panthers and the Black consciousness movement at the time. There's this ongoing relationship really throughout the music of the African diaspora. And I think it plays out beautifully here as well. You've got songs like Blood, where it's like outrage and thematically it could apply to the NSARS protests that have been happening Mm. in Nigeria, but it could also easily translate to the situation that black folks face here in the U.S. and around the world fighting against white supremacy and police brutality really everywhere. And like so much black American music, Nigerian music and the music of Fela Kuti and Femi and Madi was born out of this kind of fiery outrage and this desire to make the world better for all of us. this music really carries on in that tradition. Legacy Plus is the record, a double album from Femi Kuti and Made Kuti. Thanks so much, John. Thank you, Robin. All right, our last album we want to highlight for February 5th comes from Archie Shep and Jason Moran. It's called Let My People Go. This is Archie Shep and Jason Moran together on a new one called Let My People Go. This cut we're hearing from it is called Wise One and Nate Chinen of WBGO and Jazz Night in America back again this week. Hey, Nate. Hey, Robin. Jason Moran, a pianist. Archie Shep, a saxophonist. What kind of magic are they making on this one together? It's really pretty incredible. It's such an intimate pairing. 
Yeah. Tenor saxophone and piano, and sometimes vocals. Archie Shep does some singing. But within that intimacy, there's this grand sprawl of humanity and ideas and just deep soul. Yeah. These are two extraordinary improvisers, and they come from two different generations. Archie Shep is 83, and Jason Moran is 46. But they both belong to the same tradition, and they both revere, you know, some of their precursors, including John Coltrane, whose song we just heard, but also, you know, people like Thelonious Monk and Duke Ellington and Fats Waller. They're both in dialogue with the jazz tradition, but they're both also real innovators, you know, and and even you could say revolutionaries in a certain way. The two of them are very much on the same page in terms of connecting with history, but really stretching and being alive to the possibility of every single unfolding moment between them. It's really something. I'm wondering what you think of the overall vibe and tone of the album, because I felt just a real sorrow in these songs. You know, it's just, it's subtle, but a, a, a weariness and mm-hmm. almost like anger and exhaustion. I think that's fair. You know, th- this album was, was made mostly several years ago, but they're tapping into the tradition of the African-American spiritual and gospel music yeah. and, you know, music of protest and struggle as well as uplift, right? Yeah. So the album is called Let My People Go. They do the the spiritual Go Down Moses. Mm-hmm. They do Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. And the Billy Strayhorn song Lush Life, which is, you know, this marvelous ballad of dissipation. And so there, there's quite a bit of downness on this album. But there's also, you know, in the jazz tradition, in the blues tradition, there is also transcendence. And that album is Let My People Go from Archie Shep and Jason Moran. Thanks so much, Nate. My pleasure, Robin. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. As always, sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on the latest Tiny Desks, playlists, special features, and a whole lot more. You'll find it at npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music.